This was a long time ago, you understand? A long time ago. I was a real terror then. I was a real animal. And I was hungry. All the time. Welcome to the junk drawer. Oh, you just move your finger. You must feel pretty good about that. And they're like devising a plan. <laughs> his whole body's limp. Yeah. And they like gotta pick his head up. By the great Dr. Seuss. Not a real doctor. Not an actual doctor. Pediatrician. Right, no. Not also not. I mean, he's a practicing medical physician. <laughs> no. Oh. He first of all thinks that the hot blonde chick in the scene was. <laughs> Give her a ten yeah. for looks. Yeah. They're doing um, a threesome. Nope, that's not right. No, him and his wife, I think, are. They're calling it John Quick. And he's gonna finish first. <laughs> so. Anyway, it's finally time to open the junk drawer. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of The Junk Drawer. We're so delighted to have you here for our first ever animated junk drawer review. It's kind of crazy we haven't done an yeah, movie yet. Yeah, that's surprising oh, yeah. to me. It is weird because uh, I ride, I mean, I don't think any of us don't like an animation. I think I like them the least. You like them the least? Yeah. But you like anime? Uh, Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Specifically. Um, but yeah, I, I really like animation, uh, to the point that it's probably, um, like there's just not much that I don't like in the world of animation. Even a bad movie is still good to me because it is animated. For See, for, for me, the animated movie has to be really good for me to want to watch it. Well, thankfully that's why we're doing this one. Uh, and so I'm sorry it took so long to tell you this, but we're reviewing, uh, we're back. It came out in 1993. Good year. Uh, it's a great, great year. year. Important it was year. Mario's birth year. I was born 91. How oh, dare okay. you? Uh, How dare you? Sorry. I always get you confused with... Uh, younger people? Younger people. <laughs> uh, but yes, I just gave away his name, but I'm hosting today as Cole Brown, joined by my two co-hosts at the name of... Mario. Arico. And I am Bryce Howell. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, so we're doing 1993. Uh, we're back. Uh, I'm going to give my first tidbit right here at the beginning. Whoa. And just say that I never knew it was We're Back, exclamation mark, and then a follow-up line of a dinosaur story. I've always ever called it We're Back. We're I Back, own. exclamation point, colon, uh, a dinosaur story. I will right. say this. I was obsessed with this movie as a kid. I don't think I ever knew the title. I think it just called The Dinosaur Movie. Well, that's a classic kid movie, movie yeah. too. Also, just be like, I want to watch that dinosaur movie. Dinosaur one. Yeah, I've always called it We're Back. <laughs> Isn't that and basically the premise of the movie? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> Uh, but uh, it's a Spielberg uh, production. It's done by... Never knew that until yeah, now. Uh, Amblimation, I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, mm. It's his kind of arm of animation that he had at the time back then. Abomin his, Abomination. His, his company is called Amblin Entertainment, and right. then the uh, animated arm is called Amblimation. Uh, so it's a real tongue twister on me, but we're going to just start from the top, uh, where we always start, and talk about our personal ratings. We've just watched the movie, all of us, separately uh, for the first time again in maybe the last year or so as adults. Uh, it's a movie we all have seen when we were Speak children. Speak for yourself. Oh, sorry. This is a <laughs> frequent one for Bryce. I shouldn't have said so uh, so confidently. We haven't seen it in a long time. Uh, but why don't we start, uh, Mario? What was your personal rating? Yeah. Um, I was shocked that you picked this because I forgot the name of it, and I would have forgotten this movie existed. Or you never knew the name of it. I, maybe I never knew the name of it. True. Um, but I haven't watched it in 20 years. It's funny. In watching it... It immediately all came back to me, like the dialogue, the music. Like I loved this movie as a kid. Mm -hmm. um, watching it as an adult, it's hard not to compare animated movies, especially in the early 90s, to Disney animated movies. So you have these masterpieces that you're comparing it to, like Aladdin and you know The Lion King, etc. 
So it's hard not to do that. Um, and I, I'm sad to say I did do that. So it's a fine movie. It's entertaining. It's definitely a very one-take animated movie. It's made for kids, and that's all. The message is a little too simplistic. Like, we want to make kids happy, essentially. Um, and it's very short. It's like, here's the movie. Get to the points. Movie's over. Um, so it's fine. I enjoyed it. The music, I, I kind of got emotional at one point. Really weird. When the first, like, thematic music comes on and they meet the dinosaurs because it reminded me of a kid the first time they hear the wish radio yeah yeah, yeah the yeah, music's yeah. good yeah and i just i swear i remember the movie perfectly it was crazy um so i'm gonna give it it's slightly above average for an animated movie i give it 52 okay yeah so just a couple uh details that mario just uh hinted at towards is uh, the runtime's like 72 minutes and that includes the credits <laughs> uh so it is a short flick yeah. Um, which is always uh, immediately kind of puts it in a category of enjoyment for me because it's so digestible at that point. Uh, but I think one thing that is true of it that was uh, a part of its release process is that it was actually originally intended to be a TV release, a, a oh, television a, sense. a television special, um, which I think does make sense. Uh, Bryce, what about you? What was your uh, rating or number or reaction to this? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I agree with a lot of the same points as Mario. It's just, it's real tight, 70 minutes. It, it does feel like it was an... In- initially intended to be a, a TV special, um, 71 minute runtime. That's, uh, you know, hour and a half block on television with commercials. Um, it is really simple, but it's really well executed. Um, it's enjoyable, uh, that because cool idea. Yeah. Because it's so short, like there's no wasted time in the, in the movie. There's no like lull. Uh, so I really enjoyed it. Uh, I gave it three out of four stars, which would be a 75 on our rating scale. Beautiful. Yeah, I, I won't begin to say that this is, and we'll talk about this later in comparison to some of the other animated movies that come around uh, this time period. And not just because I love Disney, but because you know, I think objectively Aladdin is better than this movie. Um, the but, goat. <laughs> but uh, for whatever reason, I think just from nostalgia, maybe this this stands in its own category uh, where I watched this a ton as a kid. It was like one of the only movies I, I owned on VHS. Like Same. I didn't own any of the Disney movies. Those were at my grandma's house. Uh, and so this was one of the random ones that I actually owned. Uh, and so I watched it a ton. And there's just so many scenes that I think in this movie that are burned into my brain is like, man, anytime that I get to see it again, I'm immediately taken back. Uh, so specifically uh, when Rex is skateboarding on the red pickup truck is like, it's like the whole movie to me is that one scene. Um, so I probably like it a little bit more than my fellow uh, host ears today. Um, but I also recognize that it, it's a flawed movie on some levels. So I'm going to put it at a 78. Um, and again, it, that's more so like, I'm just going to, that's a Cole score. That's not what mm. I would say critically, uh, is true of it. Uh, just for grins, I looked up, uh, one of our favorite people to refer to Roger Ebert. Uh, and he talked about this movie and I'm going to paraphrase what he talked about, about it. Um, and he basically said some of the same things we're saying where the, the competition is too high in this era to do an animated movie at this level. Um, and so it just falls so much in the waysides in comparison to Aladdin, The Lion King, Little Mermaid, all these movies that come out around that time, uh, Beauty and the Beast, um, that it, it can't be this much worse and be that successful. Yeah. This, if this movie comes out 10 years earlier, it's like a classic movie. Yeah, probably. It's, so, it's very forgettable. Yeah, but yeah. If, you know, mid '80s, there's nothing Plus, going on with animation. Minus the Lion King, all those other animated movies you talked about, they all have babes in them. Like, there's yeah, no, the Lion King. There's yeah. no babes. Shouts out Nala. <laughs> the pterodactyl, <laughs> the pterodactyl doesn't cut it for me. In this oh, one. she does. She cuts it for me every time she lays an egg. 
I'm all about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it's it's gross in USA was a little over nine million dollars. Chump um, change, which unfortunately is chump change in the it's movie like, world. It's like what we gross here at the jump um, So nope. definitely definitely falls even further behind when you compare it. In, you know, in terms of actual return on investment to some of those Disney big movies. Um, but Re- Ebert even went on to talk about a little bit further, which is something I hadn't considered. Is that Spielberg is also a part of the Land Before Time that comes out in nineteen eighty eight? Oh, he is. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, now that's a huge classic. And it's another dinosaur movie. Um, and he just talks about you know this one's done in such a kitschy way uh, that like he feels like even the premise of bringing dinosaurs to modern era that there's way more comedic options that they could have gone with just to do this wish radio nightmare radio thing was kind of I don't know like cutting corners in some ways. Um, but again, like. I grew up with this movie, so it'll, it's reserved in my brain. It's like, yeah. Yeah, I love watching this, so I don't have those same critiques. I just thought of, like, how this professor – what's the professor's name? New Eyes. New Eyes. Yeah. It's almost like he could be hit with several gross negligence lawsuits here because well, these kids could have terrors and – I don't, just to, he I don't brings the dinosaurs to Earth. You're talking because... about maybe his brother Screw Eyes. <laughs> no, yeah, he runs away. You're right. He can't be, he can't he be sued away. at all, though, because he's not from the present time. He's from the future. Ah, uh, that's true. Try and get him in the court of law. The future. He flees back to yeah, 2250. Walter Cronkite. Yeah, it dude. is funny uh, is that they're brothers, Professor New Eyes and Professor Screw, Screw Eyes, Eyes, but for some reason they have different last names. It's a real Burt Macklin, Kurt Hacklin situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a good Parks and Ref reference. Um, but so we've had a couple times where this happened before. There is no Metacritic score for this movie. Oh, uh, and so we're just going to quickly glance. Uh, the IMDb score is 6.1 out of 10. Okay. So I would be close. So that would be, what did you say? 52. Yeah. So you're nine points off. I'm having a good year. You yeah, are. You are having a good year. 2020. Really, let's just stop recording now. The year Mario. For the year. And the Rotten Tomatoes score for We Are Back is a 38%. Whoa. What's uh, the fan score, though? 49. Wow. Wow. That's, that's a little bit surprising that so many people gave it a negative review. It, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess it's not people like who grew up with it like us like people that are maybe just watching it now. But even that like the at, like majority of reviewers gave it a negative review is surprising to I, me. I don't know. I think if this movie comes out now, it's bad because the plots that the plots that Disney creates in their animated movies and even DreamWorks are so great. Like they're good movies. They're not just good animated movies. This is. You watch it now, and I'd be like, oh, this is a Nick Jr. TV movie. Yeah, I think it, if it comes out now, it's a beloved TV, mo- yeah. TV movie. Is it beloved? Yeah. All TV movies are beloved, first of all. I think you bump the kids up 10 years. She's a babe. and gross. then <laughs> So gross. I mean, they're, they're a little weird. It's a little bit more of an adult film. We're back, and <laughs> we're here to date. It, when we get to the efficient fix section, because I don't want to see your host and do this, remind me to just bring up. That relationship. Okay. okay. A, little, a couple issues with it. All right. My lawyer is already talking to me again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we always follow up our numerical scores and the Metacritic score that doesn't exist this time, but asking ourselves now, are we sure? Um, and so kind of going around, talk about that. Are we sure of what we've just given our rating? Yeah. I thought I was high, to be honest with you. The reason I had it slightly above average is because of the nostalgia, but I don't, it's just not memorable. And the plot is kind of—it's a cool premise, I think, because it's unique. It's different than a lot of other like kids' movies that have been done. But uh, I don't know. It's just—it feels really rushed, and I think I know why. And I don't want to get into my tidbits. Um, 
but Spielberg was kind of producing another film at the time that was pretty big. Um, so and it was almost like this was his kid answer to that movie, and it feels like all right, let's just get this let's get this over with. Yeah, I also wonder how much involvement did Spielberg actually have because <clears throat> this was a time period where he was like slapping his name on a lot of properties, and it's like how much is he doing? It's like you know these authors that pump out like a book every month. And it's like this, you know, James Patterson's the person I'm thinking of, like James Patterson with, and as a co-author, it's like, there's no way he's writing a book a month. And oh, I've never seen that. Yeah. Jeez. Um, but I, I, I am a little bit surprised that this movie had such a low, especially Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, obviously, IMDb is a little bit closer to how we try to rate movies. Um, so that makes a little bit more sense. The 6.1 6. would be a 61 out of 100, obviously. Pretty simple math there. Um, so that, that, that number feels right. It does add up. I can confirm. Um, yeah, I think here's where I'm at. I, my number, I think still stays as it is just because of my love for it. And I think some of the gripes with this movie don't hold true for me. And so grapes it's, oh, sorry. It's grapes of wrath. Yes. Um, so it's comparison to the Disney platforms that are coming out at this time, which I do agree are better movies. There's an aspect of the animation in this that I feel like steers a little bit more into the excitement and possibility of animation. My comparison point would be Genie. Like Genie feels very animated. He can do things that are not possible in the physical world because he's a genie and it's animated. And I feel like there's lots of times in this movie where they just steer into it in a very positive way to do these scenes. Like again, Rex skates a pickup truck like he's grinding Tony Hawk style down a suspension bridge. Uh, like I feel like that's such a cool scene in terms of as a kid, what what could you imagine more fun than the thing you play up in your room where you're playing with dolls and action figures and you're like inventing dolls. exactly you're inventing these dinosaurs skateboarding punching each other by ramming into each other and then you get to watch that or Woog and Dweeb on the uh, motor motorbike yeah. with the sidecar and it gets separated and they just like reattach it or making your Barbies kiss each other what exactly like as a 29 year old <laughs> I had to remember my own age just now. As a 29-year-old, there's still this scene of Woog waiting at the crosswalk as the mom and daughter walk across the crosswalk, and he's just, like, vibrating on the the motorcycle, and it gets me every time. So, yeah, that scene just – it cracks me up every time, even as a 29-year-old, which gets us into uh, our our category before my favorite categories. We're going to fix the movie now. Yeah. Uh, We're going to make some changes that we think will improve the movie uh, overall. Uh, and we always categorize this in the context of an efficient fix, something that we do that maybe is a minor or a one or two change things that has the biggest impact past that point. So Mario seems he's chomping at the bit. Yeah. Um, so first I'd make it longer, and here's why. I don't find these relationships between the characters believable at all. There's no stakes. As a kid, it's very simple. You don't care. But as you get older and you're trying to critique it as a good animated movie like we do with Disney, you're like, wow, they didn't put any heart into this movie. I'll give you an example. When they meet, when Louis meets, is it Cynthia? Cecilia? Cecilia. Um, Cecilia Nuthatch. Within two two scenes later, she's like enthralled with this guy. She's like, I'll follow you anywhere. I was like, really? You just met the kid. He's homeless. He smells like garbage. I mean, I mean he's she- not homeless. I don't know. He ran away from home. And if somebody shows up on a flying dinosaur, I'm probably in too. Okay. Then the dinosaurs too. It, it's just like they're all best friends. They've known each other for hours. The whole movie takes place in an afternoon and they have this never ending relationship. It's just, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. If you could build up the character plots a little more. I've said the same thing with Dragon Ball Z Brawly movie. <laughs> we need more plot. 
<laughs> um, and also, they can't get the size of the dinosaurs right. Sometimes they come off as huge. Other times, they're not that much bigger than the people. Like, Louie is coming up like to the mid-stomach line of Rex in some scenes. It's just inconsistent. And as a kid, you don't care. But as an adult, you're like, well, did they... They just kind of skipped. They didn't care. I don't know. So I'd make it longer and fix the plot a little bit. Okay. Do Louis and Cecilia make it? In the uh, childhood mind of mine, of course they Think do. Think so? Yeah. I was also very funny, the picture of her. Why would her fam? Why would they hang up a picture of her alone at the family <laughs> yeah. night? That is hilarious. I do remember that. Clayton, I, was <laughs> I was watching it with Clayton, and he pointed that out, and I had, didn't notice it. It was just hilarious. It's So the scene is... It's it's showcasing that this girl Cecilia Nuthatch has a very absent family. She's alone on Thanksgiving by herself, and it's panning around the house. And you see a picture framed of her quote at family night at a some kind of place, <laughs> and she's just sitting alone at the table. <laughs> framed it. Why is that up? picture hung up? <laughs> it's just hung up and framed. Oh, so why is she alone? And her parents are like in Bahamas or something on Thanksgiving. Her, That's negligent. She said her dad's kind of a workaholic, and her mom's kind of a socialite, so they're always out like at their engagements. And they're leaving their eight year old daughter alone. Yeah. I mean, and she's out having sex with Louie. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Hopefully, they're not having sex. They're pretty young for that. Well, we wouldn't know because it wasn't long enough. To right. Find out. Uh, well, you are the worst. That's probably a good reason why it's short then, so it skips past the child sex. <laughs> uh, Bryce, what do you think about fixing this movie? Yeah, I mean, for me, like, there's a lot of things that could improve it. Like I said, it's not a perfect movie, it has its flaws. Several. But also at the same time, I'm reminded. At, of a thing a football coach told me one time that's like not every play is designed to score a touchdown, right? Some plays are designed to pick up five yards when you need five yards. This movie is like the five yard draw of <laughs> movies. Like oh, it's like, that's yeah, great. It, it's nice little 70 minute movie for you to play for kids specifically. It's enjoyable. It does all the things you want it to do and that's it. And, and so I'm fine with that. I don't really have anything to improve that would like, change it into something that it's not really Will you show your kids this yeah i think i would show my kids you know it's a really good kids movie okay it's like the opposite of this it's really good glorious bastards no oh well we'll talk about it later well i like the five yard draw reference it, yeah, it, was it reminds me of how we've we've even compared things as like the working man to like kanish from um rounders rounders, rounders. and so this is the kanish of oh yeah the kanish animated of movies, animated it's, movies. It's, it's doing enough to make a little bit of a change uh, and not trying for anything too crazy. Um, yeah, I'm somewhat similar to Bryce. Like, I don't know what I would fix because there, ultimately there's a lot of issues with the movie if you're really going to be critical about it that it, a quote efficient fix wouldn't really work. Um, but if I'm choosing like one thing to fix, I think give more space to, I think what Roger Ebert was was pointing at in his review give more space to the impact of having dinosaurs just entered into a modern day New York city. Um, and so they just basically the, the only scenes you get to see them interacting with New York proper is they arrive to the Macy day parade. They do roll back the rock and awesome song. They pretend to be floats, obviously going down the parade river. That's really the only scene you get. And then in the subsequent chase after that, but like, give me like Rex finding out about New York pizza. Give yeah, me that'd be like, great. Give Woog me, would find out about or New, New York, York pizza. hot dog. Uh, yeah, give Woog find out about New York pizza. Uh, give is it Eleanor the Elsa? Elsa is the pterodactyl. The pterodactyl. Uh, give Don't me Elsa. The P. Uh, hanging from the Statue of Liberty. Like, just give me a bunch of other just interactions to help it flesh out a little bit more of like how cool this would be. I think they skipped past some of those things yeah. they could have done. I want to see them turn and just 
fucking chomp down people. They almost do. Oh, that Godzilla. I want Godzilla to come. But come it's on, a Rex, movie. man. You got to give it up, man. You're the king, Rex. Uh, so, best scene. Uh, what scene would you show someone to convince them to watch this movie? This uh, is. The, oh, yeah, sorry. That's yeah. it. This is the only scene I needed to watch to remember. Like, honestly, the dream radio scene. That's it. I, I, I kind of teared up a little bit. I laughed. Like, why the fuck am I crying? Why am I crying right now? <laughs> um, yeah. When we were kids, we had all these little the stuffed animals with the characters, like all four of them. My parents used to give gifts when we went on family vacation to the pilot, and the pilot would come and give it, like the second pilot, obviously. <laughs> he didn't like put the plane on, on hold or whatever. And he'd come and give us the gifts. And I remember getting these gifts which made me like the movie even more because I was like, oh, these came from the pilot. How disappointed were you when you flew as an adult and no one gave you a present? It's like, where, can I? Stewardess, you're hitting the bell. <laughs> can I get a stuffed animal? Uh, like, no, but the vodka is $14. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, that's, that's so funny. I was thinking about how endearing that scene is that you just described because it's it's Walter Cronkite is the voice of this character. Oh, so good. And he's describing the the wish radio. And it's, you know, literally, it's just a radio that tunes into kids' wishes. How, how, what's more endearing than that? So Dude, wholesome. Dude, Louis' wish for a friend. Oh, I, I, like, I was so sad. How dare they give us the echo of that, too? I wish I had a friend. 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 That little girl, <laughs> I want a Thanksgiving hat. She got her Thanksgiving hat, too. What a, what a wish. Well, I mean, yeah. it, they don't know their wishes are being picked up on a radio. Yeah. No. They're just having normal kid wishes. That's true. You only make important wishes, Mario? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Bryce, uh, what's your best scene? Um, so I don't know if this is the scene that like sells the movie uh, to use our standard, but I think it's the most fun and interesting scene. It's the actual circus of Professor Screw Eyes. It's creepy. Um, so it, it gives you like a weird vibe for the movie because the dinosaurs are our monsters in that scene. But like showing the circus happening, it's like the super creepy circus with all like the performers flying around on ropes and everything. There's a lot going on. It's pretty funny because like the audience's reactions are pretty funny. Uh, and then he brings out the dinosaurs and people like lose their crap. Um, the woman who goes bald. Yeah, the woman screams. whose hair falls out. She's so scared. <laughs> but those um, are the animated things I'm talking about that they feel like they do. Like. Oh, yeah, it's sure. so ludicrous animation that makes it fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. It's also funny too in that scene. I mean, it's good, but like everybody's trying to run away from the dinosaurs, so that like it animates it so that everybody's in like the top three rows because yeah. they've all like run away. Um, so dangerous. I really like that scene though, even though it's again maybe not representative of the movie as a whole, but it's effectively like the climax of the movie, and it's I think the most exciting and interesting scene. In the context of the movie. If you take it out of context, it might be a bit confusing. Do you like it at, up to the end when somehow the professor disappears and the crows fly around him? I think it's a really cool death scene. Yeah, me Does too. Does he die? Presumably. Yes. What happens I get, to him? I think the idea is that the, the crows eat him. <laughs> but also... It's done in a, in a kid way. Like, you can't yeah. show a kid, a guy literally bleeding to death. That would, that, be, that would make the movie it's freaking a, that's like, great. In term, so, like, they're playing a little bit with fantasy, especially with Professor Screw Eyes, and it's kind of like darker fantasy. I believe and, it's Screw Eye. Sorry, screw eye. He only has one screw eye. I think it is plural, though. Oh, if we're being technical uh, to the actual name, it's screw eyes. Uh, um, but it's like a really cool fantasy death of like the crows come on to him and then like he disappears and the crows fly away. Because then also like if you're thinking from a fantasy story perspective, like you could have that character return yeah, in future properties. Yeah. I wanted so. the clown 
Martin Short, which yeah. is also a great scene at the end when he quits. I want him to stab him through the chest. Whoa. It's a different movie. I want how Danny Trejo to come through. How similar is his quit scene to the genie going on vacation? It's like a bunch of the oh, same antics. Like, yeah. yeah. Love both of those scenes. They're both great. Uh, my favorite scene, uh, I don't think it's an unpopular opinion here. I'm going to choose We're Back, uh, Roll Back the Rock. That's Turn a, back I, the clock. I assumed everybody was going to pick that one. Was just like I, I, didn't even think, uh, I didn't even think t- twice about But there's an original song in this movie. Um Later performed in the credit scenes by Little Richard. So Roll back the cock? No. No. Again, oh. you have a lot of trouble with children's movies. Every uh, children's movie, you go NC-17 immediately. Hey, I, I was confused as to the title. It's rock, though. That's an yeah. R. So for our listeners, please don't return to <laughs> Halloween Town or Mighty Ducks. Uh, both of those, you'll hear Mario having some pretty specific definitely, opinions about children's definitely movies. Definitely not Halloween Town. Uh, but yeah, the scene is John Goodman, who's the voice of Rex, singing an original song called Roll Back the Rock, Turn Back the Clock. Uh, and he's performing it at the Macy's Day Thanksgiving Day Parade. Uh, and it's awesome. It's him sliding. He's, he's literally at one point, he's singing from the back of Spider-Man floating in the air. Uh, Did they have so, to get licensing for that? Well, it's Sony later. I don't know if that technically connects. It's it universal. Marvel was like going out of business at this point, yeah. so I'm sure they were selling likenesses yeah, for right. pennies on the dollar. They were asking them to put it. It in is there. funny going down the line of the floats that get introduced because it's lots of properties that aren't Disney, and it's pretty noticeable to me. Like it's oh true. It's like Woody the Woodpecker, yeah, Snoopy, and then Spider Man. It's like yeah, those are the three we could afford. Um, <laughs> so we got those three. Uh, but yeah, that's my scene. It's 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 so much fun. It's a ton on the animation side of things where you're watching dinosaurs dance, and what's more fun than that? And I like the reaction at the end. Where the parents are terrified, but the kids want to play with the dinosaurs. That's kind of cool. Right. They finally, they, they all realize that, oh, these are actually real, real. Um, but one thing we've, we've kind of each touched on back and forth a couple of times is one of the major plot devices in this movie is that Professor New Eyes, who's the nice guy, uh, has a dream machine, a wish radio, where he can tap into children's wishes. And that's why he, br- so the premise of the movie, he's bringing dinosaurs from back in time to modern day to fulfill the wishes of little boys and little girls. Um, and then his brother, Professor Screw Eyes, runs this really creepy, eccentric, and <laughs> vile circus for scaring people. And he has his own radio, but it's a, a fear radio. It's a nightmare radio. And he's tuned into everything that people fear, and he wants to give them that. So I uh, compared this to an office <laughs> character. Uh, all, he's, he's a mythological character past the office, but Belschnickel. So I'm calling the section uh, Cheer or Fear, Belschnickel is near. <laughs> Uh, and just kind of asking the question, do you guys enjoy being scared? Uh, you have Cecilia Nuthatch literally says to Louie. Nuthatch. Like, they're here just to be scared? What That doesn't make sense to me. Uh, and so, A, do you like being scared? B, share a story of, like, peak fear For sure. in your life. Uh, your Belschnickel kind of sounded like Snarf from uh, what Thundercats. Is Thundercats, yeah. Which I do not want to see a live action movie, but that's a discussion for another time. Um, oh, jeez, Lionel, <laughs> snarf, snarf. Do I like being scared? Absolutely not. Uh, referenced on the pod before, uh, I think the Halloween Town episode is that's as Halloween that as I would go. That was too scary for you? That yeah. was as Halloween as I would go. Um, I hate, I think it's insane for people wanting to put themselves in fear. However, if you can like, to be like that for a couple hours and then you can put it away, that's fine, but I can't. I'm convinced that whatever I watch, I will be visited by that night. Um, to give you the example of like the most scared I've ever been, essentially, I used to work at a YMCA. I was a camp counselor, and I used to make up 
for like second and third graders used to make up scary stories, but they were like fun, scary stories, essentially like leading the kids on a journey. And it was like an innocent thing. Well, I got carried away and I ended up <laughs> telling them about uh, my brother, Dave, who has been on the podcast a couple of times, um, went to Ohio University in Athens, Ohio, and it is the 13th most haunted place in the world. Weird ranking, but okay. Yeah, I know. Uh, Discovery <laughs> Channel does like this special. Right. Sure. And it was built around an Indian burial ground, of course. And there's unmarked graves. And then, of course, there's an insane asylum that's abandoned now. And the story was that this little girl, they were moving all the patients out. She got lost playing hide and seek. They ended up finding her dead body at the top window, and it burned her shadow into the floor. Mm. Now, you can take tours of the things, and you can see the shadow. So I told these kids about the video it, it's the whole story i told them the story perfect for eight-year-olds i can't watch the youtube video i am terrified this that the discovery channel special it's narrated with a voice like this it's terrifying i told the kids and they went and watched it and their parents complained i almost got fired so imagine <laughs> Seems me. Right. so you've been with good with kids this exactly. entire time yeah. imagine me as a 20 year old <laughs> I couldn't watch it. Like if it, if I was eight or nine, oh, I'd piss my pants. <laughs> so I just, oh, I hate, hate, hate being scared. So I could, I feel for Cecilia. I don't know, I don't know why you'd want to do this to yourself. Scary Terry. I mean Bryce. Uh, <laughs> do you like being scared? Um, so I like scary movies. Generally speaking, uh, I don't really like like haunted houses and things like that that we kind of do around Halloween. The reason why is simultaneously rational and irrational. Because I know when I get scared, when anybody gets scared, like you have one of two responses. You either run away or try and like bow up. And <laughs> bow so up. like in my head, I'm like, you know, if somebody jumps at you with like a machete, even if it's a fake Mach machete, machete, like my first reaction is like <laughs> to attack this person. <laughs> and I'm like, but I can't do that. Like they're just actors. <laughs> like yeah. I'll feel bad. Um, so like I just, it makes me like tense in my chest the entire time, like of that, like you're kind of scared, but I'm like, be cool, man. Like don't, <laughs> don't be the person that ends up Woosa. like Florida man on the news. Florida. Um, but I do like scary movies, which is hard for me because my wife does not. And so I have to watch them by myself, which is double scary. Oh. Um, my, you, my worst scary movie experience though was, uh, this was an, I might've told this story on the pod before I was in college. Um, there's a girl I thought was cute. She asked, uh, me to go with a group of people to see one of the paranormal activity movies at the midnight premiere um which just a little side note like those type of scary is my least favorite like demon possession stuff i'm like no thank you it's really scary right well and then like part of me is like well that that's kind of a real thing and so like I'm watching the Paranormal Activity movie. It is legitimately scary. Hang I, on. Those, I'm getting kind of scared right now. <laughs> all of those movies are very scary, even if they're not like super well done movies. They use a lot of camera tricks that are interesting and scary. So I go to the midnight premiere. So the movie's done at like two. Go home. And I realize for whatever reason, all my roommates are out of town this weekend. Oh, fuck. So I'm home alone, 2.30 in the Dude, morning. You didn't stay. And I, just, well, I did, but <laughs> I turned on Disney's Hercules, max oh, volume great, on my TV in my bedroom. Channel. All the lights, I turned every single light in the house on, <laughs> which could have backfired because if a light accidentally turns out like a light bulb oh, goes out, I'm like, I'm. this is how I die. This is why I am hesitant to buy a house because I don't know if I could do it. Because of ghosts? Or just somebody's there? Or like that girl Don't on a date once. Don't watch Paranormal Activity before to, you buy a ghost. You have to get to know all the paranormal stuff. Or there's like a it. new Dennis Quaid movie where he is like living in the basement of a house he rents to people. It's really cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, I, Dennis Quaid is in movies still? Yeah, <laughs> he's still doing his thing. I remember that. It came out like last year, I think. Um, 
No, it's funny thinking about this because we all have a good friend, Clayton, uh, here in Jax, who is one of the more fearful people that I know. Uh, I can I used see to, that about him. I used to live with him. I mean, I'm not saying this from any point of pride. I'm, I also get scared very easily. But one time, literally, I was away for the weekend, and he called me on the phone, and I could tell something was wrong. I was like, what's going on? He's like, hey, uh, are, are you going to be – are you home? And I was like, no. Uh, he's like, are you being home soon? I go, no. He goes, okay, I guess – I'm just going to keep staying in my room. I heard a noise, and he like he just locked himself in his own room, and he was going to commit to being there for the whole weekend at that point until I got back. He was Even like, in the morning? I, maybe the next day he got he got up and got out. But, yeah, he was, like, confirming that if it was me or not, and then also that, hey, I'm just going to stay in here. Since he, it wasn't you, he, I'm just going to stay in this little room for the next have, 24 you know, hours. If he was that concerned, he could have called the police. What are the police going to do against a demon? They would call Ghostbusters. Who are you going to call? I'm going to call Nick Cage. He's a hell rider. Um, Ghost rider. Uh, but I, uh, I'm in like the category of I'm a large person. Uh, and so I think people naturally assume that I'm brave in these types of situations and I, and I never am. Uh, it's very much the scene from Jim Carrey's The Grinch at the very beginning when the girl's talking to the other, uh, is it Stu Lou who he's like, do it for me, Stu. And he's telling him oh, to yeah, ring, yeah. The, ring the doorbell of the Grinch. So like when we go to haunted houses, when we do anything like that, everybody's like, oh yeah, Cole, you'll go first. And they have no idea like how much I'm panicking yeah. to be the first person. And so my strategy is always the same. I walk with my hands crossed across my chest and I'm holding myself as tight as I can. Cause I think for the same reason Bryce is like, I can't help but feel that if somebody surprises me too abruptly, it's going to be a punch as fast as I can go. <laughs> and then a sprint afterwards. So I just don't do, I don't uh, do scary. I don't like being scared. I don't enjoy the sentiment of being scared. I I've seen like five scary movies total. And so every time I see a new one, I'm like, Oh, that's the scariest movie I've ever seen. I've seen three or two. Yeah. It's weird though. My favorite ride in Disney world is the haunted mansion. I don't know if you guys Which have is been. Not- particularly scary but okay yeah. well hang on the first half is kind of scary the first half is scary. it's right. amazing the amount of detail they put into this thing however dave and i my brother he's 30 i'm 28 every time we go we always ask each other for how much money would it take for you to ride this alone at night and it has to break down and you have to stay somewhere in the ride with the lights off what part of the ride are you staying in i don't think the i ghost would... party though like the ghost party at the end is fun yeah but in the first half of the ride oh like, yeah i don't, I don't stay there i couldn't stay i can't ride that alone at night, and I don't think I'm staying in that ride. You can't pay me enough money. If somebody paid you a million dollars, you wouldn't spend the night in the Disney Haunted Mansion ride. <laughs> Dude, that piano room when the piano's playing alone? Oh, oh Can you go in the room with the crystal ball? That room's not the end yet, and it's not uh, too scary. The demons and ghouls and spirits unite. That one? Yeah. But that also, is like, the most terrifying part of the ride. Self-playing no. pianos have been around since, like, the 1600s. Yeah, but there's a shadow g- skeleton guy playing, <laughs> and it's playing... Or the, the dinner party with the ghosts. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. All scary. Yeah. I'm in a, I mean, also I'm in a very selfish category where I like to scare people. Like I get pleasure out of making people sca- scared, but you I never want to. sick bastard. But I never want to be scared. Yeah. If they turn the tables on me, I go, that's not fair. How I the, don't want to be scared. I don't like oh, this. Oh, how the turntables. Have turned. Uh, speaking of turn, we're going to turn back the clock here. And our next two sections, I feel like they're one large section, but I'm going to break them into two halves. So I'm calling the first part, roll back the rock. The second part, turn back the clock. But we kind of talked about this at the beginning. I want to open up the floor a little bit longer on it is how do we feel like this stacks up to other animated movies from the early 90s? And so for reference for our listeners, Disney releases Beauty and the Beast in 91. Classic. Aladdin in 92. Classic. We're Back comes out in 93. Not a classic. And then Disney releases Lion King in 94. Classic. Uh, so it is in a sea of terrific animation. But And even outside, so 
starting out with just that, how do you feel like it compares to some of the big names of animation at the time? I know you want to have a more in-depth conversation about this, but we can't because it doesn't. <laughs> I just don't think it, it does. It's not memorable at all. I thought the animation was bad. I thought it was weak. There's some things that might be groundbreaking for the time when they have like the uh, the uh, digitally animated buildings when she's flying and she's an animated character. Um, but it doesn't hold up because it's obviously early 90s tech animation, I should say. Um, it's just those Disney movies have awesome stories and they have awesome memorable songs and they have awesome memorable characters. This doesn't hold up. This was made as a, here, here's a attaboy. Here's a, here's a cartoon dinosaur movie to compete with the other movie that came out in 93. F- fuck it. Jurassic Park was the other <laughs> Spielberg movie. That, and he said, we needed something to combat for, uh, cause that's not a kid friendly movie. Here's a kid friendly answer. And I think it, it feels that way. It doesn't compare. Not and to me it doesn't compare. Yeah. I think that just shows like how much effort was actually going into animated films during the nineties. Like the nineties was a high water mark for animated movies. Cole mentioned some, but I mean Disney basically pumps out uh Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Aladdin in like four consecutive years. And that's an unprecedented run. It's called the Disney Renaissance. Those are arguably four of the, those are arguably four of the greatest animated movies ever and they came out yeah, in more consecutive like years um so like i said i think that uh we're back just kind of suffers from timing if this comes out 10 years earlier it's it's a hit and it's a you know all-time favorite but it had the worst timing but like look at the voice actors we already mentioned like john goodman was already a big deal at this point i think um, yeah he was Walter Cronkite, the most trusted man in America, is a minor character. Julia Child, we haven't even mentioned her yet. She is the voice of a character. Like Steven Spielberg is has his name on Jay this Leno, movie. Jay Leno, Martin Short. Yeah, that like what an insane voice cast. I mean, in large part because the '90s were so stacked, they invented the best animated picture category for the Oscars. They didn't actually add it until 2001, oh, wow. but they chose to add it because there's such great animated movies that were coming out. That were not, they felt, receiving acclaim. I mean, actually, Beauty and the Beast was nominated for Best Picture. It's the only animated movie Are that's ever been. Are you kidding me? Yeah, ever Lion been nominated. King was it? No, just, just Beauty and the Beast. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, like Mario said, this doesn't quite measure up to the other animated movies. But, like, it was it was peak animation time. Yeah, just as a point of comparison, I, I wanted to even look at the budget differences between these movies. Because I think that's something to be noted. Uh, and so... We're Back doesn't even have a budget listed on IMDb. They have a gross listed at $9 million, like I said earlier. But let's just look at the other ones. So Beauty and the Beast has a budget of $25 million, and they gross $218 million in the U.S. Aladdin has a budget of $28 million, and they gross $217 million in the U.S. And then, obviously, Lion King, the hero of the story, budget of $45 million, and then gross in the U.S., $422 million dollars um, and so way bigger bigger budgets but also way bigger crowd appeal in terms of the amount of people who went and saw it uh, and so in that way it definitely does not hold up in comparison to the other animated movies uh, and so that helps me kind of even get us to our next section which is so there's these other there's these other platforms of animation that exist at this time that are making animated movies that we all watched when we were kids probably uh, and maybe didn't know as kids, oh, this was Disney and this was not. And, you know, it maybe all kind of feels like animation sometimes as kids. But I want to ask you guys, okay, so what is your favorite 90s animated movie that's non-Disney? 
And just for context, as we're kind of getting into this, I'll tell you a little bit more. So this is Spielberg's uh, animation company, as we talked about, uh, Emblemation, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, and it does not exist anymore. It was uh, later bought out and then kind of absorbed into another animation company. Uh, and so they're not allow- around for that long as an animation company, and they don't produce very many movies. So they produced Balto in 95. Uh, which I did love. Good one. Uh, they produced uh, Fifle Goes West, um, and that's where their actual their logo came from. Is they have Fifle on their logo, um, and then they have We're Back. Uh, there's a couple. They have Back to the Future. Some other stuff that was not for actual. Back to the Future is a good one. We should do that. <laughs> um, I love but, the mom so what stuff. Is it? The mom what stuff it? is great. More mom stuff. More kid stuff. More mom stuff in this movie would be great. Um, but yeah. So what about for you guys? What is the animated movie of your childhood that's non Disney that you love? Um, I'm going to say this movie, but I haven't seen it since I was probably the same age, so I'm not sure if it holds up, but I loved it as a kid, and there's some live actors in it, so I don't know if that's cheating, but it was called uh, Page Master. Oh, Page Master's so good. Is yeah, it still yeah. good? Terrific movie. It's, I, I rewatched it like a year ago. I still loved it. Okay, because my brother, who loves animation, loves Disney, rewatched it not long ago, and he said it still holds up. Um, but I was obsessed with that movie. Well, it's fun because it references a lot of classic novels. So it references like um, Gulliver's Travels, um, the Treasure Island, Robert Louis Stevenson. Like, and so all of those like references that have been kind of kiddified are still really fun and interesting. Yeah. I just remember it being like the wildest thing I'd ever seen. Yeah, it's it's an awesome movie. Um, mine is also half animated half live action oh, uh a centaur, so i didn't know i didn't i didn't know if that would count so i actually picked two just in case uh my answer is space jam though Holy oh wait cow. no wait that might win <laughs> space jam i love space jam as a kid um i and part of it i don't know if y'all had this as you when you were a kid but like it was a thing that you liked but you didn't have so you loved it more like i didn't have space jam on vhs and so uh, like I, no you're right it was the first dvd i ever got it made it so that like the got the times I got to watch Space Jam were like so much better because I couldn't watch it whenever I felt like Oh my god, um, Space Jam's on Yeah, so Space Jam is my is my number one. I love Space Jam so much. I, I also own it on DVD now just so I can watch are it. Are you pumped I want. for the sequel? No. Really? No, I'm not. I think it'd be so cool to get another guy in there and it's the perfect finally like a megastar exists in the If there was LeBron. any person that could do Space Jam besides Michael, it's LeBron, but also, I don't want another Space Jam. Like, what are, what are the odds it's good? Who are they going to play again? The Monstars again? Yeah. Who are like, the new Monstars? Exactly. Well, that'd be fun to talk about. <laughs> Who are the new we monsters? Monstars? Who are the Monstars like, now? Like, Bows. Giannis is a Monstar for sure. He's a real-life Monstar. He is a Monstar. Yeah. yeah. Maybe too soon, but I got to believe they, they involve Kobe to some degree. You think so? I think even as just like a, an homage, they would. You could do this with Kobe. Rest in peace. Kobe um, could have been an athlete. Or they could just put a little title card on the end that just is like dedicated to yeah. Kobe and Gio. Gio no, Bryant. I'm saying like it arguably it could have been LeBron or like a few years ago if they wanted to redo it. Weren't they talking about doing it with Kobe? I thought for They've years they've been they talking talk- about doing it with Player X essentially since the first one came out. So I, yeah, I'm sure. I think there was. it's just either Jordan, Kobe, or LeBron. Those are the only three. Yeah. Um, well, going back to the question, um, my answer, and it's just squeaking in because it comes out in '99. It's, it's, I mean, I think it fits my own question perfectly that it's one of my favorite animated movies of all time, regardless Can I guess of, it? of the qualifier. Yeah. I think you referenced this on our secret episode when we went in our retreat. Tell Iron me. Giant? Iron Giant. 
So it's Warner Brothers. Uh, it's incredible. It's so, so good. It's a good movie in general. Th- th- that's an animated movie that goes past the point of childhood for me where I'll watch the same scene. And I, I don't want to give too much away. You've never seen it before. There's an epic scene of self-sacrifice where there's this quote of the Iron Giant talking about himself as Superman. And it gets me every time. Uh, but my, f- I'm going to give a second answer here because I have when I was researching this question, I got reminded of movies I watched a ton as a kid. And I would just be surprised if anybody in this room or our listeners have seen this. Uh, but it's called Once Upon a Forest. It I came out in so. 93, same year. It's done by Hannah, Bar- Hannah Barrera. Barbera. Barbera. Barbera, sorry. Hannah Barbera. Uh, it is like kind of Fern Gully adjacent. It's like that same kind of like... Sounds like a Fern Gully, just based on the name. Um, but man, it is bizarre it's these little animals they have to build a flying machine to escape to a new land that's not a porn right no oh, that's once upon a bush gosh no <laughs> how? Yeah. how how do you turn every kid's movie into sexual things <laughs> how is how is every kid's podcast our least our, our most explicit podcast i'm looking up the picture now i don't think this i've never seen is I, that it? i've never seen that before for, for the listeners we're looking at the poster now and i've never seen this thing well, and what's funny is i'm looking at it now too on mario's phone like that animate or that uh art style that is on your screen is yeah. not the art style that's in the movie classic uh so they must have done like an updated cover oh oh now that i've brought up the actual one i do remember it i, I don't okay. remember that at there's all. a great scene that where looks the, like an acid trip in a picture right there most animated movies are no not, <laughs> not like that um but yeah so you know turn back the clock it there was a bunch of great animation in the late 80s early 90s so go watch animated movies also my answer just in case y'all didn't allow space jam was going to be prince of egypt that was my backup prince of egypt is also excellent i don't think i've seen that one it's i mean based on the name it's actually based on the biblical story of moses which makes you oh, think it's going it. to be kind of like a lame super christiany cartoon it is not it's very good what about um the, the, the soundtrack in it is absolute fire yeah good. uh Whitney Houston and I think Mariah Carey oh, sing so like small, the theme song for the movie. Wow. Uh, Jeff Goldblum, Sandra Bullock are involved. Um, Ralph Fiennes, I think, is one of the characters. Like it's, it's crazy voice acting. Like cast. if you do nothing else, then right now go on YouTube and and YouTube this song, Deliver Us, from, from the yeah. Prince of It's the movie. opening song. Yeah. Do yeah. not go to YouTube and search for Once Upon a Bush. Yeah. That We've made not, that perfectly clear. Once hopefully. Upon a Forest. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of great animation out there, so go watch it. Um, we're going to end uh, by getting into our final two categories. We'll talk about if we feel like this belongs to the junk drawer. But always first, we go to our tiddly bits section. Uh, this week's tiddly bits are brought to you by Brain Grain, the cereal. Uh, it's a great cereal. It'll literally make you infinitely smarter than you already were. It's good for your fiber. It's like Raisin Bran makes you shit. Yeah, Jay Leno will force feed it to you, and you will become a smart dinosaur that also somehow makes you look different. Yes. Um, so there's some major modifications that happen in it. But this is a section we save for fun internet research, things that we turned up by looking up this movie, and go. What did y'all tiddly bit up? Um, well, I kind of referenced mine in pieces throughout the pod, but this movie came out the same year Spielberg put out Jurassic Park. Um, a lot of people said it was his answer to it for kids because Jurassic Park is not kid friendly. I kind of think it's a perfect movie to bring kids up in. <laughs> well, aside from the scary dinosaurs, but I mean, it's a classic film. I watched Jurassic Park as a kid. Me too. Yeah. And I was, it blew my mind. Um, anyways, so that was one of them. The other one is, um, it was interesting, uh, to get Walter Cronkite when they got Walter Cronkite. So this was based off of book, a book loosely based, I guess. And um, 
they they recorded as I'm not sure if this is normal practice or if this just because they didn't spend much time in this movie, but they did the voiceovers in pieces. They went to the actors differently or apart from one another. They didn't co- have them come to a studio. And they went to um, where Walter Cronkite was. I believe it was New York City. And it was 1993, so they didn't have cell phones. And they went to this studio on the ninth floor of this building. And the sound engineer was getting set up. And they were waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And an hour passed. And finally they're like, wait a minute. Maybe he can't get into the building because we couldn't get into the building. We had to let someone have us get us in. So they go downstairs, and Walter Cronkite, lo and behold, is sitting in the rain, standing in the rain, like against the building. Wow! Super pissed off. Like they said, they had to like apologize a billion times, get him some coffee, calm him down because he almost was just like not having it. Yeah. So how great is Walter Cronkite's voice, by the way? Like, it's it it's amazing. It's so like calming. Honey. Yeah. You see, it's, it's like honey. Yeah, it's like honey. Like it's so smooth, so calming. It's so good. Real honey or Pooh Bear honey? Like nacho cheese honey. I think real honey. Okay. Um, and also, <laughs> oh bother! I don't. I guess this fits here in, in tidbits. Uh, he uses his famous uh, news sign off as his last line of the movie. That's Get the out. way it is. What did he say? That's the way it is. Is that yep. says so? um, And they close the isn't door. Isn't that a song? Is that just the way it is? It's Tupac. Yeah. Yeah. It's most also people, two, Tupac. Song. Most people pronounce it Tupac. But yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, did you have any more, Mario? That's it. Oh, so mine uh, related to the promotion. And so in the movie, Coles mentioned that a prominent part of the movie is the Macy's Day Parade, but they don't call it as such. But oh, yeah. It, Thanksgiving It looks Day exactly Parade, yeah. like the Macy's Parade. Um, so they actually had balloons of the characters in the 1993 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I remember that at two years old, I think. I don't think he did. No, okay. Uh, but <laughs> first, first memory. Due to high winds, Formative. the T-Rex uh, balloon was decapitated. Oh, <laughs> and, man. But they just finished the parade that's, with the decapitated balloon. That's a nightmare. Which, Radio. going back to Belschnickel, that is fear for sure. That's Screw terrifying. Eyes is having his way. <laughs> Mommy, no. <laughs> um, oh, gosh, yeah. So, as I said, I gave away one of my tidbits at the very beginning that this was originally intended to be a TV special. Um, and I think it does kind of show up in its final production. Uh, but another fun tidbit that I wanted to go through are there are four different directors credited as being a part of this. <laughs> Not Spielberg, they're right? All, they're all working together. And I think maybe that – I don't know how often that is the case in animated uh, movies, but maybe it is the case that they share the load a lot more just because of uh, the weirdness of not having real people in front of you. You're kind yeah. of having to envision it all together. So I'm going to go down the list and give you their their uh, other credentials uh, and just kind of give you some for examples of what they've been a part of. So one of the credited directors is this guy, Phil Nibblink. Oh, Nibblink, good guy. Uh, and I've seen a few of his that are his known fours. The Black Cauldron scene, really yes. weird, really never, good. Never heard of it. The Great Mouse Detective scene, really good. Romeo and Juliet seal version. It's like seals. <laughs> what? Never heard of that one. Into it. Uh, and then The Fox and the Hound. Is that the one um, with Andy Reid? uh and so some of these aren't like director credits these are other maybe things he has you know they've just been a part of but they've all been a part of a ton of animation projects which makes sense fox and Mm -hmm. hound was good so ralph zondag is another person who's a part of this uh he did dinosaur in 2000 that really weird one where it's like the disney one it's the cgi it's like the cgi yeah the ride they have now there yeah uh pocahontas he's a writer meet the robinsons he's in the animation department uh and an american tale uh the first one not fifo goes west this is just the american tale is that a classic considered uh, to be i i think in the animation world it's somewhat classic it's it's uh five will goes west is really good it's a, yeah it's a 70s movie right no it's like 91 oh yeah. i was born so um feels, then, like, feels like the 70s uh his brother 
Dick Zondag uh, has been a part of some weird projects. So the same three in Meet the Robinsons, Dinosaur, and American Tail. But he was also recently a part of Warcraft, the movie that came out in 2016. Respect. Oh, did you uh, see that? No, it I want to. Like I, shit. I watched it on Netflix. It's not bad. If, you, if you're if you nerdy enough, it's not bad. I'm not that nerdy. If you're so really into Warcraft lore like I, I am, you'll I'm love not. it. Um, and then uh, thanks to Bryce mentioning this earlier, but Simon Wells, last director credited with this movie. Orson um, Wells. He did The Time Machine, which I've never seen. Spirit, Stallion, Cimarron, which is good. A movie called Flushed Away I've never seen, but he also was the director <laughs> of Prince of Egypt. Yes, dude. Um, I did forget to mention James Horner as well. I think I mentioned him earlier, but he does the music on this, which is like such a big get. Other credits for James Horner, if you're not a nerd like me, and I, I really get into film scores. Uh, he did Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan. He did a bunch of the old Star Trek franchise. He also did Titanic and Braveheart. So he's he's got a lot mm. of big, big A real man on makes his, his own luck. Billy and Zane, Titanic. His music made Mario cry, so it must be pretty good. Oh, it's, I mean, that one theme in the beginning, or whatever it is. Yeah, that so that op- would have been him The operatic section <laughs> is beautiful. Yeah, that makes total sense, too, because I watched this with my niece present in the room. She's three years old, and it's fun seeing a three-year-old pick up on things that, like, they're attempting to do. So there's a moment. She where said what beautiful violins play. No, but like the music gets pretty somber musically. And she turns to me and she goes, it's getting so sad. And I was like, I like turned her. I was like, okay, you can like emotionally Damn. connect with like what's happening in sound I right now. I love picturing Cole watching this movie with his two-year-old niece Three. and also his friend who is our age. <laughs> I was, and, and wife. I had an invitation this to this. I could have watched it with you guys. It's. I wanted you to come. That would have been a great moment. You promised. Get your uh, uh, But we finished by asking ourselves, does We're Back, a dinosaur story featuring all these great names in uh, voice acting, uh, does it exist in the junk drawer? Yeah, so in comparison to those other Disney movies you referenced above, um, those movies don't because they're so classic and they have to be in the Disney vault. This yeah. is nothing like that. Disney has ensured that none of their movies will be junk drawer yeah. because they physically well, won't allow Disney, Disney Vault is a genius marketing oh, scheme, so, by the way. Genius. There will never be the a... The vault is opening soon. If there was a... a <laughs> Mom, we have to buy it now <laughs> if for there was $45. A, what's the name of the studio? The animation Amblimation. studio? If there Amblimation. was an Amblimation vault, nothing would be open and come out ever. <laughs> well, there's it's three movies there in it total. Yeah. Seal it up. Um, it's so in the junk drawer that you have to reach so down and just dust all the cobwebs off of everything around it to get it. Yeah. yeah. So It's so forgettable. I own We're Back on DVD. I bought it from a Walmart $5 bin. When? Like a couple years ago. Really? So it is absolutely 100% in the junk drawer because I, that's I, how I purchased it. I'm not going to lie. If I saw this in a bin, I'd get excited because, again, I, did get excited. I would be like... Similar story for Pagemaster, which you mentioned earlier, and Space Jam. You own both of those? All three of those I'm movies. coming over to Bryce. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Uh, Please yeah, don't call I have me, a baby. similar story to Bryce in that I own this movie, but the version that I own is a three-parter. It's three DVDs. It's American Tale, Fifel Goes West, oh, Balto... And we're back. It's the, the Amblima- <laughs> it's the Amblimation DVD pack, and I found it in a $5 bin. It's called Amblimation Abomination. Don't you dare. <laughs> wow. Uh, but thank you so much for listening. Uh, I promise that when it comes to animation, your boy Cole will always take care of you. There'll be more animation to come uh, in the future. That's you. I, I'm Cole, yeah. Yeah, he's that guy. Uh, maybe we'll just start doing all kinds of them because I got really excited thinking about Space Jam. The there Iron is Giant. a really great animated genre. I think it's pronounced hentai that I heard about. How? What How it's hentai? <laughs> Look it up. Google it. 
Do not. Do not do that. Make sure your niece is not Safe around. Safe search on or off. Safe search can't be on when you search it. Okay. Should I, I should do this at work then on my work computer? Yes, yes, yes. Perfect. Uh, but as always, uh, if you're excited about the movies we're talking about, if you're saying to yourself, why didn't y'all talk about this movie, insert movie name, uh, you can get at us by talking to us on our Gmail at askthejunkdrawer at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us via Twitter, which is at junk underscore pod. But if you recommend Daredevil, we're not going to do it. Because we already did. Yes, and it was horrible. But if you recommend Casino Royale, maybe we'll release it from the vault. <laughs> it's ah, in the junk vault. It is. I wish I had a friend, friend, friend. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Junk Drawer Podcast. If there's a movie that you want to hear us talk about, then please reach out to us at askthejunkdrawer at gmail.com. See you next time.